You're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Advances in Long-Term Care Medicine, produced in cooperation with AMDA. Your host is Dr. Eric Tangelos, Professor of Medicine at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, and a Certified Medical Director in Long-Term Care. Many physicians considering a career in long-term care medicine have concerns about getting started. What are the realities and the myths about working in geriatrics and long-term care medicine? Joining us to discuss his article on the subject, Why I Only See Nursing Home Patients, is Dr. Gregory Zydiak, Medical Director for a Skilled Nursing Facility in St. Louis, Missouri. Dr. Zydiak has focused much of his 23-year practice on geriatric medicine and has created a practical guide website for physicians considering careers in long-term care medicine. Greg, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for having me. Now, why do you think geriatrics in long-term care medicine is less appealing to many young physicians? Well, that's a good point, and I think a lot of it has to do with a lot of misconceptions about long-term care, and I think a lot of that is just not really knowing firsthand what long-term care in geriatric medicine is really about. Now, you wrote an article, and it really is called 10 Reasons I Only See Nursing Home Patients. You want to tell us about that article and the 10 reasons? Actually, I can put you a thousand reasons why. The article started out to write about something that you love and know, and long-term care and nursing home practice is what I love and know. The 10 reasons there, basically, it's a perfect storm of opportunity with the population of seniors rising and expected to reach uh, over 70 million in the next couple of decades in that also, there's also a shortage of physicians interested in that, formally trained or otherwise. And that's just two of the main reasons why I think this is a perfect opportunity. People should be trying to enter it, not avoid it. You have the ball field all to yourself? Is that what this is? Pretty much. And I think that I've maybe had a scoop here, and I think that how come no one else sees this as a wonderful opportunity? It's a perfect storm. There must be something wrong. What pushes people away right now? Some of the other misconceptions are that there's, it's hard to make a living. There's no money in it. But actually, if the practice is properly structured, it actually has a very low overhead, 20 to 25%. My personal practice has only had 24% for the past several years. It's very easy to make a very good living in long-term care. Well, go ahead and explain this to our listeners a little bit more. I've got a pretty good idea of why such low overhead, but tell the audience. Well, it's interesting because long-term care and and geriatric medicine is open to so many different practice models, and the one model that I've developed over the years is actually to have no outpatient practice whatsoever and strictly go from nursing homes to skilled facilities, even house calls, and this involves no office overhead. Right there, you cut your overhead literally in half the typical outpatient practice, which is 50 to 60% overhead. So without that, it's it's a no-brainer. Now, do you rent any space for offices at the nursing home, or do they let you just use the place because you're the only game in town? Well, it's actually, you don't need an office. You're actually making rounds in the facilities. Now, one of the models could be opening an outpatient practice at a facility. I have not personally done that, but again, long-term care is open to any of those kind of different practice models. It's just a matter of how creative you are. Now, your primary billing source is what, Medicare, Medicaid, or managed care? What is it? Well, the primary source in in long-term care is Medicare, of course, and one of the other bonuses about long-term care is you don't have to belong to managed care or deal with any of that hassle if you don't want to. I don't particularly want to, and I haven't throughout my career, and pretty much the reason for that is that managed care really has a hard time making a living in long-term care. The penetration is, even in California, is is around 50%, so there's a lot of room for people to deal 
with a Medicare primary and not deal with the managed care hassles. Now, I've read your article, 10 Reasons Why I Only See uh, Nursing Home Patients. You had a bonus that you haven't covered yet. Tell us about the colorful patients. Well, I tell you what, when was the last time, and you probably have because you're in long-term care, but when was the last time a patient hugged you and kissed you? I get that all the time. And another reason is the patients, they're a lot more appreciative and they're a lot more respectful of the physicians. The time they grew up in were different times than now, and it's a pleasure. And another secret, it's the 11th secret, is they are a wealth of wisdom, and I don't hesitate to pick their brains until they tell me and scream to stop because they're a wonderful bunch and you can learn a lot from them. Yeah, that's what they always say about geriatrics is it's, we're in it because of the stories people tell. That's correct. You also did a publication, The Secret of My Success, that kind of dovetails onto some of these things. Anything else you'd like to add from that particular article and how it fits in? Well, it does. And, and part of the things that I review in my long-term care practice manual is a lot of the, the problems with long-term care that the physicians see are not so much clinical as basic customer service. And it sounds kind of trite, but a lot of the facilities, the nursing homes, are hungering for doctors that actually do right by their patients and treat them with respect, and that's just good customer service. So that article just tried to review some of that that I think anyone can benefit, not just long-term care physicians. You've been pretty creative in the things that you've done with your practices and the work that you've done in long-term care. Any examples you'd like to share where you've been allowed to be creative because you've been on site? Well, I I tell you, a lot of it, and I wish I could take credit for it, a lot of the creativity was not so much creative, but out of necessity. And I started to see a lot of patients in an outpatient setting, and they gradually became more frail and actually couldn't come to the office. And then I just followed them. I followed them and made house calls. And then that led to an opportunity. People would say, well, we have a lot of patients here who can't get out to see their doctor. Would you mind seeing them? No one seems to want to see them. And I said, sure. Then they became more frail, went to the long-term care setting. And I said, sure, I'd be more than happy to follow them there. And it just one thing led to the other. And there's an ocean of patients waiting to be seen. So your definition of long-term care doesn't have the same physical constraints of a nursing home. Oh, absolutely not. That's one portion of it. But there's many different levels of care in the skilled units, which is the inpatient care of 10 or 20 years ago, are now the skilled units. The post-op orthopedic patient with their hips and knee replacements, that's a a large part of the long-term care practice of today. House calls, as as we already talked about, is a huge area that some people are taking advantage of. And that's not to mention the administrative and leadership roles, medical directorships that are required under regulations to have as additional sources of income. So there's a, a, just a wealth of practice models available. What other changes have you seen in the field over the past two decades? Well, unfortunately, I've seen, uh, as you're well aware, and I don't know if our listeners are, that it's not as popular as it was, that the physicians seem to be turning away. And that, is, to me, is very distressing, and I'm really not sure what the reason for that is. That I've seen, and I've also seen our patients becoming much more complicated, much more complex, and really in need of interdisciplinary care that's just not readily available sometimes. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Advances in Long-Term Care Medicine on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Tangelos, and joining us to discuss his article on the subject, Why I Only See Nursing Home Patients, is Dr. Gregory Zydiak. Dr. Zydiak has focused much of his 23-year private practice on geriatric medicine and has created a practical guide website for physicians considering careers in long-term care medicine. 
Now, let's continue discussing some of the benefits you've found in working with long-term care medicine. Sure, that'd be fine. The other thing that we alluded to a little bit was the conduit that long-term care offers to a lot of different opportunities. Again, it's just a matter of your creativity. One of the ones that I think that's actually kind of a nice change of pace from clinical is medical direction. And the facilities require, by federal regulations, to have a medical director. And this, to me, was something new, and I was not in administration, but actually was a lot of fun and gives you a lot of power to direct your facility and to try new things and new ideas. One of the issues that we face is physician burnout. It's come back to the forefront. Just talking with you these past few minutes doesn't sound like you've got any burnout going for yourself. Tell us about the variety of your day and and how it all fits together. I think I'm very lucky. Almost I kind of pinch myself and think I'm I'm almost too lucky. My day doesn't start until I want it to, and I typically take my kids to school in the morning and have an extra cup of coffee, and if it's a nice day, I'll sit out on the porch with my wife and we'll look at the traffic go by for a while, and I may start my day 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning, or I can start early and finish early. I mean, I have the day is up to me. Contrast that to an outpatient practice, where you're triple and double and triple booked and you start to fall behind and you look in the waiting room and you have 20 angry patients and the ones you do get to see, you have to push out uh, faster and faster. I don't think that anyone wants to practice medicine that way. There've got to be some drawbacks to the practice and the style that you've taken on. So let us know what you think those might be. The only drawback and the major one for people who are new to long-term care, and it's a real potential, is the number of phone calls. And we do do a lot of our communication by telephone, and unfortunately, a lot of doctors don't control that, and they end up having a, a problem. But there are systems that are possible and protocols to follow to make the phone calls very manageable and, and really is not an issue. Yeah, most people that do this full-time really do have a lot of protocol-driven opportunities. You want to talk a little bit about that? Well, I try to keep things as simple and as organized as I can. My personal one, I mean, there's variety, but for phone calls, I pretty much, like as of right now, while we're doing this interview, my calls are being held unless there's an emergency, and that emergency is being handled by a coverage doctor. During the day, I pick up my calls on the hour, every hour, and make the calls in a flurry and then continue working uninterrupted. That works for me. Some doctors use the fax machine, which I personally don't like a whole lot, but it's saves a lot of time and aggravation. Do you share this practice with others? And how many people are in your team that work together? Well, I'm actually one of the, a real dinosaur. I'm a solo practitioner, but I hook up with two other doctors who are also solo practitioners and long-term care. And that's how I started. I got a hold of a, of a doctor who was established who needed coverage. And we, start, we have our own separate practices, but we share call every third weekend. And I typically think that three is the magic number Four gets to be kind of problematic with the number of calls and the number of patients. Two, I think you can do better than every other weekend off. Yeah, you can always have a hung jury with an even number, so I would have to agree three or five would be the way to go. Now, do you work with any nurse practitioners? I personally don't, and I think that's more of a paranoia, and I go to bed worrying at night what I forgot, let alone what somebody else forgot working under me. So that is the model, though, and nurse practitioners really work well in long-term care if they're used appropriately and used for the benefit of the patient as opposed to benefit of the business of medicine. But, you know, sharing this time with you, we we really do get to see the opportunities are there. We get a pretty good glimpse of your personality, and we see how how the practice has been able to fit for you. And I I think that's the lesson to be learned here. 
And I couldn't agree more. I mean, I just love what I do, and it's always changing, and there's always something new. And you can go as far with it as, as you want. You can build an empire with 10 different doctors, or you can go solo and enjoy a, a little bit a leisurely lifestyle, which I think is the biggest asset. And one last point, which I think I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, according to a, a 2002 Annals of Internal Medicine, internal medicine geriatric practice was not one of the most, but the number one highest practice job satisfaction of any other practice type, including surgical and all the high-tech invasive uh, cardiology, etc. That's that's a pretty amazing feat. Yeah, pretty happy docs for not such great salaries. So I'd have to agree with you there too. So as we wind down, give us that wisdom of 23 years and tell us what you'd do again and tell us what you wouldn't do again. Well, what I wouldn't do, I wouldn't wait as long as I did to get into long-term care. I would uh, investigate it as soon as I possibly can, and the best way is to talk to some of your long-term care doctors that everybody knows. That would be what I would avoid. And, And things to do now, particularly to the younger doctors, think 10 or 20 years from now what you really want to be doing. And a lot of times I see physicians after five years of outpatient practice or five years of their high-powered subspecialty, they absolutely hate it. So think a little bit down the road as to how you want to live your life professionally and privately and then look into geriatrics and long-term care. It's absolutely a perfect fit for stability and for not having managed care, job security, and job satisfaction. It really can't be beat. I just can't say enough good things about it. I'd like to thank my guest, practicing geriatrician and medical director, Dr. Gregory Zydiak. Dr. Zydiak, thank you very much for being our guest this week on Advances in Long-Term Care Medicine. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, sir. You have been listening to Advances in Long-Term Care Medicine from ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Advances in Long-Term Care Medicine is produced in cooperation with AMDA. For more information about this or any other show, please visit ReachMD.com, which now features on-demand podcasts. The American Medical Directors Association, AMDA, was founded in 1975 and today is the only national organization representing long-term care physicians and professionals. Our members are physicians and other professionals who care for patients in long-term care settings, including nursing homes, assisted living, hospice, and home care. AMDA has distinguished itself nationally with evidence-based pragmatic solutions for effective practice in long-term care settings. The 2009 AMDA Annual Symposium takes place in Charlotte, North Carolina, March 5th through the 8th, 2009. AMDA members are experts in the long-term care field who will address today's most relevant clinical and practice management issues. To learn more and register for the AMDA Annual Symposium and core curriculum meetings, visit www.amda.com. And be sure to listen each week for Advances in Long-Term Care Medicine, a weekly series exploring the latest clinical issues, trends, and technologies in long-term care medicine practice, exclusively on ReachMD.